0: Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit. Today, we're sort of going to take not exactly a walk down memory lane, but certainly uh, try to provoke feelings of deja vu in our listeners. Uh, Some of you may remember that many, many years ago, there was a a little girl that nobody had ever heard of, and uh, two knights on uh, white uh, charges came and plucked her from obscurity and made her great. Uh, yes, you're probably thinking already of the first interview we ever did with Amy Bird. Amy, riding on our coattails, <laughs> has since become a kind of big deal in Frederick, Maryland, I'm talking <laughs> and, uh, and is big in Japan as well, and has recently written uh, a book, No Little Women, Equipping All Women in the Household of God. So today, we want to actually... Uh, interview our fellow podcast member amy bird about this book what she hoped to achieve in this and at the end because we can't sell these books we're going to try to <laughs> a few of them <laughs> you
1: know one of the things carl i was thinking about is that while we probably don't want amy to comment on this you know it was after we we interviewed her concerning you know her blogging housewife theologian that kind of thing and, and the new book that was that was set to come out we ended up Oh, I don't know. Several weeks later, having her back on, and it was begging me to come back. Begging Amy to come back. <laughs> it was Carl that said, "You know, we we ought to see if she would be a, a a co-host." Now, one of the things we appreciate is that, you know, she's certainly driven up our ratings because women will actually tune into Mortification of Spin now. <laughs> but the other thing is, is I think uh, Carl and bugs. I, right? I, I think Carl and I have have played our own role in Amy's life and making her, you know, the kryptonite of everybody else in evangelicalism. So, um, Amy, when you when you tethered yourself to us, yeah. you know, I, Carl and I, I guess, just want to say we're sorry. We uh, ruined your career. We ruined yeah, your. I mean, I the sacrifice
2: our- of my career was a small price to pay to, to ensure that you know, down the road, you guys just wouldn't turn into the bald, bitter, overweight podcast you were becoming with. Exactly. Basically, you'd probably have Todd making fart noises and Carl reading from the phone book at this point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we can say that. I think we can say that. Well, Amy, I suppose if you're a woman, you probably can. Well, Amy, a couple of criticisms of this book before we get to the meat of it. Okay. First of all, the title No Little Women. Mm -hmm. Uh, My present wife is only four foot nine tall. I suggest to you that she is a little woman. Uh, And secondly, um, you don't mention. May enough. Uh, I, I counted up two references. I
2: want to read it, Carl? Yeah, you could have.
0: I, I think you could have mass- You could have lifted this from a kind of B minus book to an A <laughs> plus simply by throwing in half a dozen more references to my <laughs> immense learning and a huge contribution to the Christian world. Yeah, I have to say your spelling has greatly improved. Uh, the sentences are a little bit longer. <laughs> Uses of adjectives and adverbs. Yes, yeah, definitely come on. So, I think yeah. some of Todd and mine's skill and panache has has rubbed off
1: on you. <laughs> (laughs) And you know, my thing is, as the only one here who hasn't written a book, I can imagine. So, Amy, this is your third book with PNR, correct? It is, yes. Which means, I mean, at this point, you're probably well underway into construction on your vacation home on the beach, right?
2: (laughs) I wish wouldn't I mean,
1: you're you're a you're a regular book magnate at this point. You are you are a book baron. At this no. point, so congratulations on that. I do uh,
2: hope each book gets better, though, you know? Sure,
1: sure. Okay, so guess so, what, Amy? Be, you know, be encouraged. They can't get worse. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're an awful person. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Amy, 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 um, what's the purpose of No Little Women? Why did you write the book?
2: <sighs> yeah, well, um, it's multiple things. One is that there's been a lot of literature um, recently written. For women 's ministries mm-hmm. some of it's really good and helpful right some of it has been pretty unhelpful and none of it has offered any valuable critique of mm-hmm. what I'm seeing in women 's ministries as I go and I speak and mainly Presbyterian churches Reformed Baptist churches for women 's retreats i've met so many great women I, who are under wonderful preaching and um, I get I get a lot of the same questions mm-hmm. and, um, and th- also through email from the blog and, and the podcast about um, women in the church who are reading just such bad theology that is targeted right. to women's ministries. Right. And um, so often, you know, I'll even get emails from pastors saying that they didn't realize that the women in their church were studying such and such a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was called to their attention or when they, they noticed it, by this time the women are, are well invested, you know, right. Right. their claws are kind of sunk into it and, mm-hmm. and they're personally offended right. for someone then to offer some critique and ask some questions about, you know, maybe this isn't the best book for you to be studying from.
1: Right. So it's, so it's the fourth quarter of the game and then finally the coach tries to come in and do some coaching.
2: Right. Yeah. And um, it can cause real division in a church.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've seen it personally at a church I served in at one point where there had been years of neglect from the elders. There had been no, no oversight offered to the ministries Mm -hmm. of the church, the women's ministry being one of them. And in the slightest attempt then on my part to offer a little bit of guidance at that point was taken with a great deal of hostility. And, you know, again, while that was wrong, at the same time, I understand it because, here were ministries that had been neglected for so long mm-hmm. by, by the elders of the church that now to try right. to come in and say, oh, you know what, let's do this material instead of that material.
2: It revealed a much bigger problem to me with women's ministry. The, the whole ecclesiology of other ministries in the church and how they function under the ministry of word and sacrament. And I think that with women's ministry particularly, you think, okay, well, we do recognize women have specific gifts, and and some women are good at teaching, and they have this desire to learn, but we want to stay true to our biblical convictions of male headship in the church. So, they think women's ministry sounds like a good idea, but it becomes its own entity. And all of a sudden, these women are functioning as authority Mm -hmm. in in a way that subverts the authority of word and sacrament.
1: That's a great point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what practical guidance on that particular point, Amy, would you offer? I mean, at Cornerstone, there is a ladies' Bible study, and the situation is essentially this, that the session have to approve uh, the book that's used for the study, and the leaders, the weekly leaders of the study. But it's a pretty light finger, you know. it's a pretty light touch we have. And by and large, there's a contact person and she will send me the name of the person that the, the women are thinking of having lead huh. them or, or the book mm-hmm. they'd like to study. So if you like, our session has kind of what I would describe as veto power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's more than what a lot of
1: churches give their women's ministry. Though. Interesting, interesting.
2: I'm a huge proponent of investing in the women, all the women in the church, and you're going to do that by investing in certain women who are gifted in teaching, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we need to train them well. You know, as you would any teacher in a church. That requires building good relationships with the elders, and I think that's another situation where elders are overwhelmed, because there's so much available for women to read now, right. and at first it seemed like a good thing, you know, like, oh good, there's these resources for women that, that have trusted names attached to them, and and now all of a sudden it's become, like, impossible to weed through all the different things targeted right. to women's ministries. Right. It's, it's commodified,
1: basically. Yeah, yeah. At one point in your book, you talk about, you know, current reading statistics and how much more women read. And so therefore, and a few things I, I was not aware of as far as the market share that books for Christian women have across the whole publishing industry, not just the Christian publishing industry. It was right. pretty significant. And yeah. So I mean, no so- we see all of these women, some of whom probably shouldn't be writing books, but there's such a big market for it.
2: They really are. So in 2014, a global consumer study found that during the previous year, Christian book sales grew four times as fast as those in the secular market. Mm -hmm. And women are reading more than men, buying 72% of Christian fiction and 59% of Christian nonfiction books. And you would even think like somewhere like Westminster uh, Seminary Bookstore, that You clearly have more male readers, mm-hmm. but even talking to the managers there, I mean women are popular market yeah yeah They're okay, I, books.
1: I want to read something from uh, amy 's book from page one hundred and thirty nine and one hundred and forty. I just want to read this passage because I think it's very this is very interesting and it 's on a a hot topic that we on this blog have have addressed as well. There have been some troubling teaching under the banner of biblical womanhood that concerns me. Nowhere in scripture do we read that all women should submit to all men. So why would we teach that quote at the heart of mature femininity here? She's quoting John Piper is a freeing disposition to affirm receive and nurture strength and leadership from worthy men in ways appropriate to a woman's differing relationships end quote. And this is where Amy comes back in. I am not constantly looking for male leadership in my life. I am a married woman. And a member of a church And I understand the order needed in a household But male leadership does not define My femininity I'm not looking to my male neighbors Coworkers or male carriers To nurture their leadership This kind of teaching Perpetuates a constant authority Slash submission dynamic Between men and women that can be very harmful Now You all know me The people who listen to this podcast Regularly know me I'm old school, I'm conservative in this area, and I couldn't agree more with your assessment there, Amy. I agree completely. So, my question is, is when we get these accusations of stealth, feminism, and this kind of thing, my question is, what's going on here, actually? Because there's nothing in this book that challenges your denomination or my denomination's historic confessional position on leadership within the church. In fact, you have a section on the role of preaching and the role of the pulpit ministry and the ministry of the word that any good Presbyterian pastor and elder would want their whole church to understand and know. I know. It's
2: it's, it's interesting because, (laughs) you know, I'm a member of an OPC church. Right. And so, um, My confessions that I adhere to there, I very much promote in my teaching. I very much abide by. I have so much respect for the office of elder. I have been in a marriage for going on 21 years to a wonderful man who has let our family in a sacrificial loving way. So I'm I'm not even writing as like a young ambitious person right. <laughs> who's rebelling <laughs> against, you know, what my denomination teaches or anything like that. Yeah. yeah if, if, I'm if, also if, trying if, to uphold the actual office.
1: If you're not already familiar with where Amy is on these issues, if you just read chapter 6, of of no little women, and still insist on maybe lodging some kind of a oh you know stealth feminism kind of thing, then then you're reading incredibly uncharitably, yeah. you know, because you're actually quite clear.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and throughout the book, I mean, I talk about how the church ministers to every member, and right. it's not through our little ministries, you know, it's right. through the office of Word and Sacrament, you know, through the ministry of Word and Sacrament.
0: And that points to another issue, of course, that the, a lot of the people getting hot and bothered about uh, the feminist issue practically don't care less about the sufficiency of Scripture. You know, right. yeah. They believe in the continuation of the gifts, for example. Yeah. Uh, practically, they don't hold to the regulative principle of worship. Mm-hmm. There are a whole host of things that the church has been very clear about. Yeah. Time immemorial that are regarded as completely negotiable. And I think what we see is the agenda and the culture of the wider secular political world shaping Christianity at this point, right. uh, yeah, both in terms of the issues it deals with and the way it reacts to them, because we live in a very polarized time. It is not the case that the answer to feminism is chauvinism. Right, But that's a real temptation at this particular mm-hmm. point in time because it's a very simplistic black and white answer. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, we like simplistic black and white answers. Right.
2: right. And, you know, it's not so much shown on the sleeve as chauvinism in these churches. And, you know, a lot of times it looks it, it's more like condescension mm-hmm. or just ignoring or, um, right. you know, isn't that cute, that women's ministry? <laughs> right. You know, and it's kind of a, a sidekick. Yeah. To the church, instead of a necessary ally, you know, that women was exactly. truly designed to be.
1: Exactly. It, it, and it becomes, and I've seen this, it becomes very much a, listen, as long as the women's ministry don't give us headaches, let them do what they want to do. And that is such a an awful, awful approach to the, the role that the shepherd has in the congregation. And so I was very much encouraged by your call to train women in your church biblically and theologically the way you would train anyone in your church why would right. you not do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know is, is I, I guess kind of the the, the the question underlying this why would you not want the women of your church to be well trained biblically and, and theologically for the glory of god and for the health of the church
2: right because christ loves the whole church including right. the women and he mm-hmm. wants us all to attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the son of god
1: right I mean, this is a big topic, and obviously we could spend a lot of time here, but I guess one, one last question I would throw out to you, Amy, is on page 157, you just have a kind of a little subheading on, you know, to to the church officers. Just really quickly, what would be a kind of a parting plea you would make to to elders and pastors in in churches in regards to what we're talking about here?
2: Right. Um, well, in every chapter, i also writing to church officers. Right. And I think that's one one of the issues with women's ministry, women's books, is they're written by women for women, and and the pastors aren't reading them. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I completely understand why. And so I, I tried to be sensitive here to write something that would certainly be of interest for elders, for pastors, and for any men who are concerned about this topic of women in the church, um, how we can look forward to a new heavens and a new earth and serve mm-hmm. alongside one another now and what that would look like now in the, in the local church. So yeah. um, this book is for the local church. Right. And so to church officers, I just ask that, ask that you read it and that you would then be motivated to invest in the women in your church to build some relationships there that can be fruitful for the whole church. And, um, you know, it's great to be married to a wonderful wife, but don't put that burden on your wife to know all Mm -hmm. the women in your church Mm -hmm. and to be your your Mm go-to for that. And so I I hope that that pastors and church officers will read this and start these discussions because I'm really trying to make it easier for them.
1: Right. And I yeah. and let me just say, I'd, I'd add that uh, if, if you're a pastor, if you're an elder in a church, I think this could be a really helpful resource for you, an encouragement for you. If nothing else, you, you have a, a woman writer out there who can skillfully explain your role as a pastor and an elder to the people who are reading her books and, and the role of the ministry of the word. It's very well done and and I think will help you in your role as an elder to do this well.
0: Yeah, I did find page 186 quite confusing. I mean, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> empathy and relatedness? I don't oh. no idea what those terms mean. Know. We know,
2: what, Carl. That's why I had to write about it.
0: She's a girl. She had to put in something like she, that. She's in the OPC and she's talking about empathy and relatedness. <laughs> we have an abundance of empathy and relatedness. How <laughs> so, did
2: you find when I wrote that section, Carl? <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, uh, thanks very much for <laughs> joining us today. It's been a true delight to. Uh, are you talking to Amy or the people who are listening to us? <laughs> the people who are listening to, <laughs> to it's a me? True okay. delight to, to by uh, half a dozen listeners or however many we have out there. We only had two before Amy joined the program. Now we have. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a delight to interview uh, Amy Bird, Todd, and I. Would like to publicly apologise for creating this monster uh <laughs> and uh, and for all the trees that have unnecessarily died in the advance <laughs> uh, but we do have a number of these books to give away uh if you'd like to uh how do you how do you get a giveaway from modification to spin again you go to our website right Go to our website yeah. and give us lots of money. Is that is that correct? I think you give tons of money. Something <laughs> like tons that. Tons of money. We'll send you a free a free inverted commas book. Now go to our website and see how you can apply for one of our free giveaways. Read the blog mortificationofspin dot org. Please remember that we're a donor supported podcast. Amy may be getting these huge royalty checks from Presbyterian Reformed. Todd and I are humble pastors and seminary professor trying to trying to just make ends meet in this yeah. harsh cruel world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, until next time, we wish you well and look forward to being with you on the show next week. Goodbye. You talk about
1: people you don't even know. And you talk about places you never go. You talk about your girl from head to toe. I said your mouth's moving fast and your brain's moving.
0: And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... John Chrysostom has a great passage in his book on the priesthood when he says, you know, people come up and criticize your sermons. You know, they're idiots, most of them. They don't know what they're talking about.
2: You know, I was talking to a pastor who said he had realized five years into his ministry with his church that he wasn't preaching to the women.
1: How do you decide, okay, this is the book we're going to go through next. Do you have a a, a typical process you go through? I don't, I don't close my eyes, stare at the ceiling and subjectively determine what my people need. But certainly this gets to the heart of what, of what we're about. And it's this, Amy. That interview is next time. Join us then.
2: I know you guys are excited about today. Uh, (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: I was smiling last night just picturing the two of you sitting with my book and reading.
0: Yeah. It was hard. It was like long words and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) (laughs)